Hello, everybody. Let's get into the nitty gritty. There are things that I have worked with my entire life that I know most of you are dealing with in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a mental health issue, whether it's an addiction issue, whether it's a soul wound, spiritual issue, whether it's a social circumstance issue, etc., and so on. But you don't know what I know. Not that I know anything greater than you do. I just have a little bit more exposure and more information. And that's kind of what I want to discuss today. I really want to dig into shame a little bit and talk about how I conceptualize that so that we can, um, so that I can invite us to consider that there are ways through it and out of it. So for many years of my life, I lived in what I would call the basement of shame. And in that basement, it was dark, it was cold, it was lonely, it was detached, there were no windows and there were no doors. Now, I don't know if you feel like that, but I know there are people in this world that do. I've met them and I have been one of them. In that space, you cannot possibly know that there are other ways to live because there's no light. <laughs> Leonard Cohen said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I truly believe that. But you have to look towards the light. And for many of us, we are afraid. And we've been taught to be afraid for good reason. Because if we looked at our own light, and if we truly digested the immense power that we have within, and in tandem with something greater, if we truly embraced that, we would be a threat to the status quo. And I've worked in social change for 20 years, so I really kind of want to go there with us. Let's be that threat. Let's consider that if we are living in the basement of shame or even the basement of fear or the basement of depression or the basement of finances or anything, there is a stairway there's a door, there's windows. And when we shine some light on it, what we're going to find is that there's a way out. Now consider this, if you're living in the basement and you never, maybe you hear things up in the first floor, you hear people walking around, but you know, you're scared to try it. You don't know what's going on up there. So it's kind of scary. Nobody's really helped you understand what happens on the first floor. So it, the sounds are pretty scary. So let's say you go up to the first floor and, you know, there's a kitchen so you can eat and maybe there's a bathroom so you don't have to soil yourself and maybe there's communion around there. Or maybe you go up to the first floor and it's still pretty lonely and there's nobody there and you don't know how to cook and you don't know, you know, um, nobody's ever like discuss the value of toilet paper or whatever. I mean, I'm getting pretty graphic here, but uh, I hope you don't mind. The idea is that your needs can be met on the, on, in that first floor above the, the, the basement of shame. And they still may not be met for a number of reasons. That doesn't mean that the first floor or the higher elevation doesn't exist. It just means that we haven't sort of gotten the, the instruction manual of it yet. But let's go even further with this analogy. Let's go from the basement. Okay, so that person hears some, some stuff going on on the first floor. Well, they don't know where the second floor exists. 
how do you know the second floor exists? You only know if somebody tells you or if you go up through the first floor to the second floor. Guess what's on the second floor typically? Beds, blankets, bathrooms, maybe some intimacy. In other words, it's a it's a new level, but you are not going to know that's possible if the only thing you believe about what's happening is that it's dark and lonely and scary. So I'm inviting us to consider not only can we get out of the basement of shame and fear, we can get to the first floor and get our needs met. We can go even higher to the second floor and get even more needs met and more comfort. And guess what? That house has a roof. And what's on the roof? Freedom. What do you see? What's the difference in your viewpoint of the world when you're living in the basement, surrounded by darkness, or you're on the roof of a house overlooking a field? So on the first floor, you may be exposed to windows. On the second floor, not only are you exposed to windows, but you see there's way more possibility. But on the roof, you can actually see there's like a whole freaking field out there. There's a whole field of possibilities and opportunities. And this is kind of what the what they call Maslow's hierarchy of needs indicates, that there are different levels to survival. And the higher you go, the more it's called self-actualization, but the more in tune, I would say, you are with your neighbor and your spirituality and yourself. And when you optimize this, guys, when you really tap into this, that is how the cancer cures come. That is how we cure poverty. That is how we heal intergenerational trauma. We cannot see those possibilities from where we're living right now, many of us. Why? There's a pandemic that tells us that every day we need to be on high alert for a virus that's going to kill us. Now, without getting into the vax debate, whatever you believe about that isn't my business. What I want us to look at, at the fear that our own beliefs and behaviors innocently cause us to get tripped up on. People are going to die from this virus. That is true. People die every fucking day for things that we take for granted. They die from hunger. There are kids in this country starving. They die from isolation. There are addicts that are dying on the street. They die from lack of connection. They die from being judged. We have an entire, we have the biggest prison system in the world. These are not our enemies. In fact, they're not much different than somebody who has a two-story house with a nice roof. The main difference between the McMansion lifestyle, if you will, and living in that basement of shame is possibility and opportunity and potential. Now I'm going to dig deeper because even still, you can have a two-bedroom, you can have a McMansion. Every, everything can look good on the outside. You can be at the highest social class, at the highest level of privilege, and you can still have a soul wound that internally makes you feel like you're living in the basement. But that's okay because it looks good on the outside, right guys? What I'm saying to you is that the human condition 
human suffering has been around for centuries. It looks different. It's called something different. And when we start understanding that it's all essentially very similar pain points with a different language and a different population and a different geography and all of that, what we will come back to is that we all live in this fucking house (laughs) and we all feel so alone. What? Just like a McMansion, just like a McMansion with a 15-year-old up on the second floor doing their iTunes and, you know, mom's on the first floor cooking and dad's in the basement working or or that's a nuclear family. But do you know what my point is? We are so hung up on our differences and we have them just like there's a difference between, you know, floors and in the fields of the McMansions and, and outside and all that. But what is essentially the same is that we all have the same basic pain points. So take that away today. Consider what your worst enemy has in common with you. Consider what your best friend has maybe done innocently to harm you. Not even on purpose. Consider that the same person can have both a basement of shame and the possibility of living on the second story house. There's a lot of different factors that go into getting out of the basement onto the to the roof of the house. I'm not suggesting it's an indiv- strictly an individual journey, but it's a collective journey that we are all on individually. And if we do not wrap ourselves around that concept, then we're going to kill each other. I mean, we already are. We already are killing each other through wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, vaccinating, not vaccinating, caring about substance use, not caring about it, putting, you know, throwing people away, devaluing them, dehumanizing them. And if you need any more demonstration of this, the richest women in the world, think of the music stars who have come out recently. The richest women in the world have also been oppressed. What does that tell you? That's not their fault. It's our fault. And I'm not here to place blame. What I am here, though, to do is invite us to consider how we are living. And if this is really how we want to show up on the world. If we're, if we are endorsing a world that has the richest people in the world still feeling like they're held hostage, where is the freedom? There's no freedom in that. It's a new new level, new devil kind of thing. But I am suggesting that there's room for all of it. When we wrestle with our own internal basement of shame, we have more room to move up to the different levels. So I really want to talk about that. I want to talk about some books that I've been reading. I want to talk about how change really happens because after 20 years, I kind of know a thing or two about it. Not that I'm an expert. I am not an expert in your change. I am an expert in methods and tools and techniques, experience, etc. But I don't know your answers. Hopefully through this podcast, you'll hear something that sticks with you and that um, gives you new insight Because that is the miracle that we need. Marianne Williamson says, a miracle is a shift in thinking. And that, folks, is what we need to survive this pandemic.
So what floor are you on today, guys? What floor do you want to be on? Want to know how to get there? Stay tuned. <laughs>